0: Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word.
1: Well, I have really good news for you this morning. I am not preaching. Thank you. Doesn't mean you're getting off easy, though. Okay. Okay. Uh, Andrew Pendleton, my son, I guess Dawn's son, we'll let her have some credit, uh, is going to be speaking today. Andrew is a graduate of the University of Louisville, uh, and he is a second year student at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena. And, um, so, uh, we moved here when Andrew was in elementary school, so he's grown up at this church, and, and, uh, all of those times I used him as sermon illustrations. There can now be payback. Uh, as he comes up Also, uh, I said, well, where are you going to get your illustrations, Andrew? And he said, I- I've got plenty of friends for bad illustrations if, And so he said that he's not going to run out of material uh, with, with those people That he can just use that all day long But uh, very glad for Andrew to be with us uh, This is our last Sunday uh, that he'll be here He's going back to school uh, tomorrow So, uh, Andrew, we're proud of you, glad that you're here And I'll turn it over to him
2: morning. How are you all doing today? Look, you know you got good friends when your friends not only show up to listen to you preach, but they're on time for the first time in their life. (laughs) Right? Good job, Sam. I'm proud of you. All right, so for those of you who still don't know who I am after my dad introduced me, you can remember me as the best-looking member of the Pendleton family if you'd like. All right. Now, I've been going here for how long, Mom? 13 years now. Right? At this point, every single one of you has said to me, you look just like your daddy. Oh. So I know I'm not actually the best looking member of the Pendleton family after that. So you guys can just forget that. But he's told stories and made fun of me, like he said, for 23 years now from the pulpit, I think. So I decided I was going to dedicate the first five minutes of my sermon, not to the Bible, but solely to making fun of him. All right? So... I'll tell a true story about him real quick. You guys always come up to me and you say, You look just like your daddy. That's my impersonation of you guys, by the way. But um, you'll come up and say that, and my dad, he takes every advantage. He'll sneak up behind me real quick and whisper in my ear when you walk away, and I'll go, How does it feel to look like a fat 50 year old man? And then he'll run away. (laughs) Isn't that terrible? But seriously, isn't he great? I've been to a lot of churches in a lot of places, and I promise you guys that you're very lucky to have him, right? All right, so if it's okay after that, I'm going to open the Bible, okay? We'll do that. If you'll turn to Genesis 1-1, while you're turning there, when my dad asked me to preach, you guys know how he's like power-hungry dictator type of guy, right? Um, I said, Dad, what do you want me to preach about? He said, preach about whatever you want. I don't care. that 's has to be from the Bible, though. So... My creativity felt a little stifled there, being told I had to preach from the Bible. So I just opened to the first page and decided that's where we were going to go. So here we are. All right. Now, we're going to skip ahead a little bit to Genesis 1, 26 to 27. So remember, as we read this, that this is the creation narrative. This is when God, the Christian God, Yahweh, made the earth and everything on it. Okay? So I kind of picture God floating around in space, and he says, all right, I'm just going to start making things. The Bible doesn't say that. It's my interpretation, so take that with a grain of salt. But here we go. All right, 1, through 27. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our own image, in our own likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, this is the sixth day of creation, okay? So God spent five days making the earth, making the animals, making the plants, and he loved it all, and he saw that it was good. But he decided on the sixth day that he's going to make his prized creation, his own image, humans. Okay, so now this is just me, but if God makes humans in his own image, he made you in his own image, then I'm going to want to be a little bit like God, right? My, my goal is to act a little bit like God. I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a father who is a pretty cool guy. Everybody likes him. He's decent looking. He's funny, right? You're going to want to be like him. Now, I don't know anybody who has a dad like that. But if you did, you might want to be like him, okay? So if you still don't believe me and you're looking at me and you're saying, Andrew, I definitely do not want to be like my dad. And I'm still not convinced about the God thing. Well, here. First John 2.6 says, The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. So you just got Jesus, Duke. Now you have to listen to the Bible not me, okay? So this sets up the rest, of our, the rest of our story here. So listen, if we want to be like our creator, then creation is the perfect place to start, right? We have God sitting in the universe with a blank canvas in front of him. He gets to do whatever he wants, and he decides he's going to start creating things. Right? We get to see God's values. We get to see God's heart. We get to see God's what he cares about. Okay, So we're going to go flip up to Genesis 1, 1 through 5 here. And we're going to see how we can look at the creation narrative and see how we can be a little bit more like our creator. Okay, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So the first thing that we see God do is pretty simple. It's something that I kind of wish He didn't do because then I wouldn't have to do it. But God worked, right? God worked. So he's sitting in space, hovering around. It says he's hovering over the face of the earth, probably in zero gravity or something because he hasn't created the moon yet. And he says, I'm going to start creating. I'm going to work, right? He has every right to sit up there in his own perfection and be satisfied, but he decides he's going to create, okay? So first thing God says, he doesn't stifle his potential. So we can't stifle our potential. Being like God means bringing good things to the earth. So who are you? What are you good at? What do you desire? Maybe you like to play music. Bring it to the earth. Maybe you like good food. Bring it to the earth. Maybe you write good sermons. Bring it to the earth. Right? Maybe you're looking at me and you're saying, Andrew, I'm not talented. I don't bring good things to the earth. Just trust me. You don't want me bringing things to the earth. How about we bring a positive work environment to the earth? How about we create a positive work environment? How about we create a positive environment for our kids and our families at the home, right? There's so many things that we can do to create and to work and to bring things to the earth like God did. All right, now look at this. I made two points in one one verse here. This is is pretty big for me, okay? Seminary is teaching me a lot. But the next thing we see is that God made light, and he says that the light was good. So God was proud of his own work. That's interesting, right? Because we see a lot of Christians nowadays who are not very proud of their work, right? This one's really, really, really important to me, okay? There is not one time in the Bible where God creates something and then says, I don't know, they might judge me. There's not one time in the Bible where God says, wow, I'm not going to show them this one. They might judge me, right? I might not be good enough. God is very, very, very confident, If you haven't noticed, he says, this is good. He makes me like, that's right, I did that, right? If we go outside of those doors, there are enough people with no hope in the world, right? Now, uh, um, God says to us in the Bible, he says, first of all, he says, we're more than conquerors, right? He says, be strong and courageous for I have made you and I created the world, right? He tells us over and over again, be confident in who you are. Know who you are. You're good. I made you in my image. Hard work and be proud of your work are the first two things we see. All right, so if we open up to 1, 6 through 10, we're going to go to our next point here. It says, God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let the dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land, and gathered waters. He called seas. And God saw that it was good. So there was water just floating around all over the earth, right? It's uncontained. It's just floating around, and God takes it, and he pushes it down. He says, Stay here. Stay on the ground. And then he lifts up the earth, and he makes rivers, and he makes lakes, and he makes oceans, and he contains it, right? Now, God not only contains water here, but what, what he also does is he takes chaos, and he sweeps it into order, right? He takes something that's hovering over the face of the earth with no order, and he sweeps it into order. He brings it into, into, um, into discipline, Now, this one is probably the most applicable to us as Christians today with all of our current events, right? We have hurricanes. We have racial conflict. We have political conflict. Our culture is pushing more and more to a self-centered, relativistic morality, right? So how can we help bring chaos into the world? How can we not help bring chaos into the world? Excuse me. How can we help bring chaos into order? Some of you do bring chaos into the world, let me tell you, all right? But how can we bring chaos into order, why does God not intervene and stop the badness going on in the world? Guess what? We just read that he did. He called you to be his image, his intervention in the world, right? He sent us. So how about helping hurricane victims when something happens? How about teaching your children boundaries and disciplines? And let me tell you, I've worked in the preschool. Some of you do not, right? <laughs> All right? I was talking to a friend recently, okay, and he's a Christian, or he's not a Christian, excuse me, he's not a Christian, but he's a tall, good-looking guy, he's very talented, he's smart, he's great with the ladies, right, and he's got a little brother who's the exact opposite, all right, his little brother's Christian, but he's a little awkward, I'm going to be honest, okay, watching him talk to girls is embarrassing, It's 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 rough, right, now, We were standing around talking the other day, me and our friends, and um, somebody says to him, man, how does your little brother do um, being in your shadow all the time? I bet he's super jealous. And, you know, the guy being goofy, he he was like, yeah, I did get all the good genes, let me tell you, right? But then he got real serious, which is weird for him. And he said, now there is something that I will say about him. He's graceful when I'm not. He loves people when I don't, right? He brings our family together. He loves my little sister, even though she's the weirdest person I know. Right? When things spiraled out of control, he was the first one to respond. And because of that, the older brother said he's one of the only reasons that he believes that there's a God. Okay? When we bring chaos into order, when we respond to the world, the world notices. The world wants to be disciplined. And we have the opportunity to discipline it. Now we're going to skip ahead a little bit here to Genesis 2 and go on to the next part. If you look, Genesis 2.1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work that he had done creating. So, it's pretty obvious what happens here, right? God has created, he's finished his work, and he rests. Now, for those of you over here in the youth section, pay attention, okay? It says God finished his work before he rested, okay? So you have to actually do something before you rest. Maybe I should come down there and sit with you and tell myself that, because I don't work a lot. You can ask my mom. But work is very important to God, okay? God made a Sabbath day and said, rest, rest. He made a year of jubilee every seven years where he takes all the slaves and frees them. The crops can't be worked. The people can't work, right? He. How about Jesus retreating and resting regularly in the New Testament, right? Rest is very important to God. Now, do you guys know anybody who can't sit still? Yes. Okay, they're the type of person that you'll sit on the couch at the end of the day and they feel like they need to scrub the floorboards or something just to have something to do. Okay, so I know this might be hard to believe, but my mother is that person. Right? You're not supposed to call people out from the pulpit, I know, but that's her, okay? Now, I would talk about Alyssa next, but in the words of my dad, she's daddy's little baby. So, I can't make fun of her. Can't you hear him saying that? It's terrible. Uh, But anyways, so my mother is that person, right? She's an angel, as you guys know her. She takes care of everybody. She'll come to church and get her work done. Then she'll go to the tap school and mentor people. Then she'll go and take care of some of you guys. Then she comes home and takes care of me and my dad because we can't take care of ourselves, right? But she'll do this for a week straight and never rest. And then she'll come home one day and crash on the couch, right? She'll sleep for like 15 hours because you need rest, right? Now, my mom doesn't need an intervention. She rests, okay? I promise, Don't convict her or anything, but we need rest, right? Now, let's see. Um, So have you heard of Henry Ford? Yes, Henry Ford, he created the Model T, but he also created the assembly line, right? Now, when Henry Ford was in business, there was a six-day work week for 10 hours a day, right? That sounds terrible to me. If I work about 15 hours a week, I'm done, Right, But they were working 60 hours a week, and Henry Ford decided that he was going to change it to a five-day work week with eight-hour work, week, with eight-hour work days and give people the same money. All right, Everybody thought he was crazy. They said, Henry, you're going to lose all your money. You're not going to have any production. You can't do this. But he decided he was going to let his employees rest either way. So what actually happened was his employees made less mistakes. They were sharper. They were actually more efficient. And produce more things in the five days than they were in the six. God knows what he's doing, right? We need rest. God made things for six days, and they were good. He made you in his image. And then on the seventh day, he rested, and he made that day holy. Not the day he made you. He made the day that he rested holy. Because it's important, right? All right. So if we we open up back, we're going to go back to... chapter 1, and we're going to go 27 to 31 real quick, okay? So it says, "...so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground." Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So we see in our passage that God makes humans caretakers of his creation. He gives us dominion and lets us lord over everything that he's made, right? So it starts by saying that we should take care of the animals, we should take care of the earth, we should take care of the water, the plants, right? And that's really important. We should take care of our environment, and that's one of our first and foremost callings as Christians. But then it goes on to say, take care of everything that breathes, everything that has life, now, what's something that has life that's important to God? How about humans, right? So as we see the progression of the Bible takes place in Genesis, we go, we go and God makes Adam and Eve, and he puts them in the garden and gives them free will and lets them do what they want. And he says, you're my image, you lord over this, right? Just don't eat from the tree of good and evil. That's the only thing I ask. And what do they do? Same thing any of us probably would have done if they ate from the tree of good and evil, right? And so they are... Tarnished, Their image of God is a little bit blurry now. And so God can't be in the image and can't be in the presence of imperfectness. So he has to banish them from his garden, right? He has to watch his image go away. But being the loving God that he is, he looks out and he sees his people struggling. And he says, I still love you. I still see my image on you, right? So he makes sacrifices first. He makes sacrifices and he says, okay, here, now we can still talk at least, right? And then for generation after generation, he watches his people turn his back on him and he lets them make sacrifices. And he says, I still see my image on you. And so then we go on and he sends Jesus, his own son, his own heir, right? God himself to the earth. Because he says, I still see my image. And so this time... He's not looking at you and saying, I still see my image, but he's saying, accept Jesus, and I won't just see a blurry vision of myself anymore. But you'll look just like your daddy, right? Gosh. cried last time I did this, guys. (laughs) So anyways, you'll look just like your daddy. And so then he challenges us, right? He says, okay. Now you've got this big challenge. You look like your daddy. You've been saved from everything that you've been doing. But go out. Go out of those doors. Tell the people over there guess what? You guys look just like your daddy, too. Tell them that I died for them, right? Tell them how important that is to me. Gosh, I'm a big baby, just like my daddy, too. Uh, uh, But God takes everything that we tarnished, his intent for us, and he renews it. He brings it back to his original intent with Jesus. And he gives us a challenge to go out and to renew his image, right? All right. So today, I want to challenge you real quick. Be more like your creator is. Okay? Be more like you were made to be. Right? Create things, work, be proud of the work you do. Take the chaos of the world and bring it into order, okay? How about we rest every once in a while? How about we understand that we're caretakers of everyone outside of this door? We're caretakers of everyone inside this room, and we have a responsibility to let people know that they look just like their daddy. All right. So if you'll pray with me real quick, dear Lord, we want to thank you that we can cry on stage, that we can be embarrassing sometimes. Lord, we want to thank you that when we tarnished our image, that when we tarnished your image that you gave us, that you loved us anyways, that you gave us the chance, the opportunity to be like you, that you gave us a chance to come back to look more like you, to restore your creation to its original intent. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen.
0: hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 930 a.m. or 11 a.m